3: Presented here is a free teaser for this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Patreon bonus podcast. Every single month, we release a deep dive on a classic wrestling event as voted on by our supporters on Patreon. It's a true historical deep dive. The only place to hear these shows in full? Join the Patreon page for just $5 per month. The link is right here in the podcast description. Patreon is the best way to support the show. We are confident you will enjoy the content we're offering, all the bonus content over on Patreon. So click that link in the episode description and read all about it over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash topropenation and enjoy this special free preview. What's going on, Top Rope Nation? It is the 36th edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. It's Ryan Drosty and Kyle Ross here to talk a little world-class professional wrestling. For the very first time, we've never done a world-class show before. Uh, this is only the second time that we've done a world uh, show that happened you know, pre-WWF expansion. So, really uh, dipping back in time here to go back to November of 1983, Kyle.
2: Although we were getting very close to said national expansion at this point. Yes, and we were. Vince McMahon would go on television and say, I believe 1984 will be the most tumultuous year, perhaps, (laughs) in the history of professional wrestling, nevertheless.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, two months from uh, Hogan winning the WWF title here. As uh, a world-class, you know, of course, under the NWA banner was uh, a thriving promotion in 1983. Here we are at the end of 1983 with uh, Thanksgiving Star Wars. And I got to give a shout out right away to patron of the show, Gabe Benson. Gabe uh, was the person who nominated this show and made a lot of sense coming from Gabe because he did grow up in Texas for a while and he attended some world-class shows during that era. Not this one, but he told me he went to the Thanksgiving show the next year in 1984 so uh shout out to Gabe, you know, long-time supporter of ours and for giving us the option to do this and really you know, I love late 90s pro wrestling but kind of breaking up the mon- monotony of uh the classic shows we've done lately Kyle. We've kind of been stuck in that late 90s period so here we're able to uh to switch it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, variety is good and uh we're going to see I think for some people this is a blind spot promotion um but in my eyes, this was the number one wrestling promotion in 1983 in the United States. I don't think you're going to find a better territory or company. I, I think it's better than WWE, I, WWF. I think it was better than Crockett in 83. Of course, the same night as uh, the Star Wars show that we're talking about was the first Star mm-hmm. So it was a busy night. And like the AWA was running a show that night. I mean, it, it's crazy how many people, you know, people tell, ah, wrestling never been popular. And the than it is now or whatever you know you get these big crowds man they were doing local crowds of, of you know nineteen thousand, yeah. or whatever yep. just in the market yep. not and not traveling crowds
3: yeah wwf also they were in philadelphia backland was defending the wwf title against iron Sheik that night not the title change but a, a title match over in philadelphia shout out michael jenkinson so a lot of big shows happening across the country in november and how much did that draw three
2: do you have oh, it open? Not, I did oh. not
3: write that down. The attendance, I, I am not sure. I I'm look that no, up real look it up quick. Yeah,
2: yeah, history. 24.
3: I mean, we,
2: we should look this up because I mean, these four shows, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about. So, this was the 26th, right? We're talking here, or is it 24?
3: Oh, 24, yeah,
2: 24. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, so they did 7,700 in the spectrum. Okay. that night yeah Backlund uh Pitting iron chic and then this sh- i mean this show crushed that
3: yeah this uh t- right around twenty 000, a sellout um according to Meltzer. i i went back and read his carrie von eric uh his uh obituary when carrie died at the recommendation of mr kyle ross to to freshen up again on my world-class knowledge and he talked about the show briefly in the obituary and, and said that it had sold out days in advance and that there were even thousands of fans who couldn't get in who were watching it like through the glass on these TVs at the venue, the reunion arena, to see what was going on inside. So, I mean, it tells you how hot world-class was in, in Dallas in 1983.
2: Yeah, and, you know, just a quick note about the building here. As the promotion got bigger, they would run these Star Wars specials uh, at Reunion Arena, which was, I believe, a had to be a brand new building because the Dallas Mavericks did not come into existence until the early '80s, and I'm assuming Reunion Arena was built for them because the 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 Mavs expansion year was like '80 80 or '81, so they were a yeah. very new team at this point.
3: I believe that is correct. I just looked it up. So they broke ground in 78. It opened in 1980, and the Mavs' first season was 1980.
2: Okay, there you go. Correct. So a state-of-the-art building uh, that they're running here the, in the big time. And, um, you know, people who have only seen the WWE DVD on World Class should make it a point to watch the Heroes of World Class DVD, which is an independently produced um by Kevin Von Erich and others because there's like some really great stuff at the beginning with Bill Mercer, who's the announcer. I oh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, Mickey Grant, Mickey Grant, who was the producer. And they talk a lot about the production of the show and how um, world-class TV production was really head and shoulders above the re- rest of the industry at this time. And that's something obviously WWE is not going to talk about. Mm-hmm. On their own DVD, that somebody was ahead of them production wise mm-hmm. at this point, but I mean, to make that sportatorium building look good that they ran TV in every week, because by all accounts, everyone who went there said it was an absolute dump. <laughs> um Kudos yeah. to them.
3: Yeah, man. no, for sure, and yeah, I got that DVD right here. I know you have it as well, mm-hmm. um but yeah, this came out around 2006. If you're watching the video stream and like they've put out like an anniversary edition or a director's cut, I think. Since then, this one I got a buddy of mine who was reviewing movies at the time. Yeah, you know, he got a review copy and he just gave it to me, so I saw it like right around the time it came out and just blown away. You know, in two thousand six, we didn't have that many. I mean, WWE was starting to put out their DVDs, but there was always you know some spin on that. They had quite a few coming out, I guess, but there wasn't that many like independently produced uh, wrestling documentaries. So yeah, when I saw this, I was blown away. got rave reviews. So then, of course, WWE jumped on the train and a year later put out their own world-class uh, story mm-hmm. DVD. But yeah, theirs was not as good as Heroes of World yeah. Class. If you've never seen it, highly, highly recommend it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess the only advantage the WWE version has, they had Michael Hayes, obviously. He yeah. was, yeah. you know, his presence was certainly missed on the Heroes of World Class one. But I thought Gary Hart was better on the Heroes of World Class one than he was on the WWE version yeah. he had a lot of great booking philosophies that he talked about yeah. he also did not have his false teeth in on the independently produced <laughs> dvd which was <laughs> kind of tough to watch
3: <laughs> kyle when was the first time that you heard of world class
2: <sighs> I, I couldn't tell you the year it's definitely the second promotion that i discovered you know, I started watching WWF in late 86. We've been through this before on the program. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it for the first time. I So the house my parents live in now, we, we moved into that in 87. And I remember watching World Class on ESPN at 4 p.m. I've been through this before. My parents, like, fucking hated wrestling, still do. So it was kind of, it was tough. It was a battle to watch as much of it as I could. But, you know, my dad was not home from work at 4 p.m. My mom was doing whatever. She was letting us watch TV. So I don't know. It's probably like 87, 88.
0: Okay. I would have
2: started. And, you know, they were showing stuff that was years old, but I had no idea that it was years old at the time. <laughs> to me, it was just wrestling was on ESPN. And I'm like, awesome, man. I'll watch this. and. <laughs> I really liked it. I, I, I'm i a big fan of world-class championship wrestling. I really am. Uh, I think, you know, between the Von Ericks and Hulk Hogan, I think the listeners can really understand why I think it's, to this day, it's very important to build around a very strong baby face or baby faces your territory and why I'm probably never going to come off that because that's the way I grew up, man.
3: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people had a similar story to you. We put the post up in our Facebook group today and you know, a couple of people had, had posted that that's kind of how they came across it too. in syndication a few years later, like you did. I mean, you were three years old when this show took place, right? Yeah. So I was right. not watching. Yeah. I was yeah. not
2: watching wrestling at the time, obviously.
3: And I was not born yet. I was in utero. Wow. I, I was, I was. Hey, in
2: the womb. wait, I got a new
3: complaint. <laughs> I was in the womb. I was uh, less than two months away from being born, but not quite mm. born yet as the show occurred. So, uh, yeah, it, it's funny because my kids saw me watching this, and they're like, God, that looks so old, Dad. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was, this was right around the time I was born. It was a long time ago. <laughs> 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 so It I looks so man, old. It It does look so old when you watch it now. I mean, I remember, like, the first time I started – Seeing footage of world class, it didn't look as old to me as it does right now. <laughs> you know, and uh I gotta think, I don't I can't pinpoint, I didn't see it in syndication. I mean, I, I would have seen Carrie first, you know, watching WWF in the early 90s. I had no idea about his history in Texas. I just knew him as the Texas tornado, and I really liked him as a kid in that brief WWF run. Um, but it probably was in the wrestling magazines like mid to late nineties that I first started reading about it. And then I know for sure, uh, one of those PWI almanacs that would come out every year. One year there was like an article about it or something. And I, I really deep dived on it and started reading about like the Texas stadium show. And, and I started having more of a knowledge, but again, like during that era, the only way to get that footage was tape trading. And I didn't get into that until late high school. So, you know, like late nineties, early two thousands, sometime around there, I started getting some stuff and tape trading. So that would have been like the first time I saw any of it. So it, it was definitely much later. And this was, honest to God, I mean, the network was the best access I ever had to it. Because once they started throwing up some of those world-class television episodes week to week, that was, outside of a few spot things I got tape trading, that was like the first time. And, and of course, like they had some matches on the world-class DVD uh, uh, as bonus features, too. I saw some of that. But I never had... An archive that was that big to access that until the WWE Network many years later, 2014, and so I mean, yeah, it's it. I was definitely very late to the party.
2: So when Mazzy was born, it's my daughter for those keeping scores at home. Um, and I was just you know, and she'd be here during the day, and and, and Cammy was off maternity leave. I was just chilling in the afternoon, you know, playing daddy daycare, and I watched the entire year of 83 world-class television. I also watched the entire year of Mid-South 83 because I was like, let's see which one was better. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, world-class was better. Now, Mid-South got better in 84 than world-class. Obviously, (laughs) we'll get to it over the course of the next hour and a half, two hours. But, you know, world-class takes a horrific nosedive uh, for the obvious reason in 1984. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, ironically, as it hits its peak, But, um, yeah, I mean, it it was great to, you know, I mean that, you know, say what you will about WWE and and the cock and all that nonsense. But it is great to have access to all this that you can just, you know, go back and watch every week of television from 1983, 1984. And thank God they have like all of it up there now. Yeah. So, um, uh, so so before I forget, something I wanted to look at, because we were talking about all those Thanksgiving shows. Mm-hmm. This looks like it won the night in live attendance. So Starcade did 15,447, which was a sellout. Now it had did an additional thirty thousand on closed circuit. This is per Meltzer's um, annual Thanksgiving history article, which I know you've seen read before yeah, yeah. us uh, several times over. Ryan, it, it's an excellent piece for people who have it. I'm sure he's going to repost it uh, next week. But um, the AWA. Did last two, I had that number and now I missed it. Doo, doo, doo. Let me take a look here. I literally just had it. Uh, AWA did 13,163. So, yeah, it's a world class. I mean, to my point about it arguably being the hottest promotion in the country in 1983, the numbers bear it out. And this was probably its peak. I mean, I know people think about the Texas Stadium show that you referenced where Carrie. Finally cashes in wins the NWA title, but really that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, because David died and he loses it back right away and then it's kind of like, okay, he won it and lost it. Now what Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they kind of struggled for for new ideas and then obviously it was tragedy after tragedy.
3: Yeah. Now, that's just mind blowing when you go through those attendance numbers, though. You know, like this is before Vince McMahon invented professional wrestling, Kyle. I mean, he was promoting, yeah. but uh, before their national expansion really kicked in. And you're talking 20,000 in Dallas, Greensboro, uh, 15,000, yeah, 15, uh, close to 10,000 up in Philadelphia, 13,000 for AWA all in the same night. I mean, wild. I mean, it tells you that wrestling was really popular even before it was a cable phenomenon.
2: Yeah, and Mid-South, remember they ran, I'm assuming, the Superdome that night? They used to run Thanksgiving shows. I could be wrong, though. Um, I don't have that number.